Howdy, friends, and welcome to the Old Hat Podcast. This is James Chambliss, your host, and today my co-host is Ginger Bell. We're back again. Howdy, friends. <laughs> Today's podcast is powered by hand-ground coffee, because some days you just know you need the powerful good stuff. <laughs> and so I ground beans by hand and uh, poured it extra strong, and I am talking 90 miles a minute, and it's going to be a great show. It's going to tell we're going to do 45 minutes of show in about nine minutes. It'll be great. Listen quicker. If you haven't had a lot of coffee, then just slow it down. If you've been drinking a espresso you can do it two times right so <laughs> espresso never did quite mm, couldn't ever mm, too strong <laughs> yeah okay so one of my friends mike who's listening in honduras i bet you hi mike hi chris uh was telling me about something called terska kava what terska kava they uh, went to they were in romania or something and that's what they drink there and it's like espresso but stronger oh i'm like oh. dude i don't I don't do, no, I got to water mine out a little bit and spread it around a little bit. Lisa would forbid that, I'm yes, sure. Right. James doesn't need more caffeinating. Thank you very much. I do often get up in the morning and complain that I have too much blood in my caffeine system. Today, that is not a problem. I, I had had, fortunately, had my first cup of coffee when the uh, guy came to fix the septic tank. Oh, good. You'd had your coffee. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Okay. Your day's going to be kind of crampy after that. Oh, Sorry. James. <laughs> you know, I didn't know that was considered a bad word until I said it in church once. Oh. And then, boy, did I get a lecture about that. That's right up there with the other four-letter words. I'm like, really? Because well, I didn't know that. It's like one step below, but our very first podcast, you said something about crap. And I uh, remember thinking, can we say that? Okay, see, <laughs> see, words are weird because when I grew up, you could say toot, and that was okay, but poot was a bad word. And so my view of wording may be a little wrong because of where I come from, y'all. So whether you toot or poot, we're glad you're here. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Top that, Ginger. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're talking about books, and so far you can tell that uh, that I've not been reading a lot this morning. But we're going to talk about books today, and we're going to talk about our favorite books and books that made a big difference and books that we reread the most. Are you a rereader? I am. Me too. I have to, I have to let a little time pass. Yeah. But then, yeah, sometimes you just need to reread. But, Speaking of rereading, and we'll probably get to this later, but i, I got to say it now before I forget. Nancy Drew was very important to me yeah. in my youth. I would be under the covers with a flashlight reading, like my mother wouldn't see the flashlight, <laughs> but but read every one of them mm -hmm. from Mystery in the Old Clock all the way through. Well, a few years ago, I got to thinking about Nancy Drew, so I checked out Nancy Drew books from the church library and read every one all over and again. And it was fun again, wasn't it? Oh, it was great. Yes. Yeah, well, see, my early reading, I was stealing books from my sister's rooms. Oh. And so I've read some Nancy Drew yeah. myself. Which Aren't they made, good? Yeah, I, they are. I, I haven't reread Nancy <laughs> Drew, but but uh, but yeah, that's uh, my sister was was my dealer early Isn't on. Isn't that great? I'd never read any fiction until then. I mean, I I I'd only read biography. We'll get back to that because okay. we're going to talk about where okay. we started reading. But all right. Okay, so I like knowing other people reread books because I know some people do not reread books. Some people don't read in the first place. Well, that's, that's sad. Bless their hearts. I think so. Uh, what about Guilty Pleasures? We can talk about that. Books that you read that, you know, what have no redeeming. Yes. You know, there's some of that. Uh, most Recommended. like to talk about that because I know you recommend books to people. Uh, on social media years ago, uh, my friend Maria tagged me in this thing that said name 10 books that you know that were that were impactful that made a difference in your life that were 
10 books other than the Bible. And uh, that may be the thing I've most edited before trying to post an answer to somebody. <laughs> that's a long list, but uh, I thought I'd just read you my list. This is in no particular order, but books that really changed the way I think about things. Uh, Robinson Crusoe by Daniel Defoe. Uh, Three Musketeers and all the Dumas books that go with it. Mere Christianity, I still read every year. Uh, by C.S. Lewis, The Hobbit, The Lord of the Rings, long before anybody made a movie about any of that. James was reading all that. To Hell and Back by Audie Murphy, the most decorated uh, soldier in American history. A couple of Louis L'Amour books, uh, Bendigo Chapter and Last of the Breed, made a big difference. Selling the Invisible by Harry Beckwith. If you're in sales, get that book. I saw that title and I thought, well, that's James. Yeah. <laughs> he can sell anything to anybody. <laughs> the Wizard of Ads is another great book. It's a guy that uh, was, uh, you, you may remember, uh, there used to be a, a commercial for like Jaguar at 60 miles an hour. The loudest thing in the Jaguar XKS is the clock on the <laughs> Tick, tick, tick. He did that. Anyway, he wrote a book. And it's just, it's, a, it's, it's not a book that you pick up and read from cover to cover. It's just vignettes. Every page is a different, it's like a reader's digest for people in sales or marketing. So For that special reading room in your house, yes, right? Because yes. you have to have those books for that special reading well, room. There, it's right behind the blue chair in my office that I oh, sit at the most. So okay. where the little shiatsu massager is. <laughs> the older I get, the more time I spend in that chair, as it turns out. So. I guess I shouldn't say that the other reading room. Oh, some people think the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) The water closet. I actually had a book one time. I think I got it just because of the title, but it was Uncle John's Bathroom Reader. Oh, and I have an Uncle John, so I thought. But they were great. Just you know, short. Short stories Mm -hmm. can be be read in one sitting. (laughs) When I was uh, when I was a kid, we had in uh, there was a bookshelf. In, uh, in the bathroom, and it had the Encyclopedia Britannica on it. So <laughs> you could really make good use of that time. You could learn something while you were there, I guess. I enjoyed encyclopedias. Of course, now we have Mr. Google, but I enjoyed it. You learn yeah. something new every time. Well, and you can't buy new ones. We tried a few years ago. We went, all right, grandbabies, we're going to get a brand new set. Good luck with that. What you can get is an old set. Well, that's you true. Know. And some of that stuff is still relevant. So It is. Some, <laughs> some information hasn't changed. Some yeah. has. But it's funny because, you know, with the Internet the way it is, things change. You know, you can look at something in the Wikipedia. Tomorrow it's going to be different. Mm-hmm. But uh, with the encyclopedia, you get what you get day in and day out. Even globes. Even globes change. Yeah. The boundaries, the country names, the... So I have several different globes. I guess I'm trying to stay current, but I love globes. Yeah. But they're not current anymore. No. I even looked for one that had interchangeable puzzle pieces. Ah, that you so could, you could mm-hmm. swap them out when they they could issue a new country. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, you know, my bride is the world class stamp collector. Right. And 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 they're you know there's dead countries. You know, there, oh, that's there are countries true. that are still issuing, but there are countries that are dead. They don't exist anymore. And so they're not issuing any more stamps, which kind of means you can collect them all. Mm. You know, it's impossible to get all of the U.S. stamps because they're still putting them out, you know. And so you can't catch up. But these countries that are over with, you can get them all. I bet a stamp from a dead country would be worth something. You know, they're all worth about a quarter. <laughs> oh, are they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, there are some, but you see them like the inverted Jenny or whatever, and well, they'll occasionally sell one for millions of dollars or whatever. But but she came into my office one day and she went, okay, the first stamp ever made. I went, you have the first stamp ever made? She went, no, no, no. But it was this one. And and the second one, the first one was black, and the second one was red. They're Machen heads, I think. And then she opened her hand and she had one of the red ones, and I'm like, ah. Oh. 
we are retiring <laughs> and buying an island in the Bahamas just for us. And I went, wow, what's it worth? She said, about a dollar. It's a really high value stamp right there. So, you know, you do that for the fun of it. You do that for the right. love of it. Nobody getting rich at it except the people that I buy stamps for her from. Those they people are doing okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the, the gold rush out in California, the minor 49er thing back when they discovered gold. The people that got rich were the ones that had the stores that sold shovels and, and groceries. Those All the supplies. Yeah, it wasn't the gold miners that got rich. So do you have a list like that? I, you know, the 10 things, do you have a list of 10 books that you go, okay, if I had to only have 10 books, I'd take these. Well, the whole Nancy Drew series. That's right. probably right. That's one. 10, a Little House on the Prairie books. Okay, Red Olives. And then uh, recently, a few years ago, I found, which is recent in yes, my timeline, yes. I found a series called um, the, Lion, the Zion Chronicles. Huh. Written Bodie Taney, B-O-D-I-E, Taney, T-H-O-E-N-E, and her husband Brock, and it goes back to the World War II era. She's a violinist, and um, it talks about all the things that the Nazis went through, things I had no idea. And they do the research, so it's historically accurate, but it's a fictionalized story. And there are 11 books in that series. Wow. And I was so sad when I got to the end. It covers the whole period of time, even when the Jews returned to Jerusalem. It fascinated wow. me. I love historical. Yeah, I do too. And, and if you throw a little romance in, it's oh, okay well, for me yeah. too. <laughs> I guess if you have to. <laughs> And then, of course, all the Reader's Digest condensed books. Like all those. <laughs> you can read all the stories and get the main part out of it. <laughs> Someone scoffed at me one time. They said, but you're you're a book lover, and you how can you even read those? Well, if I don't have time to read the whole book, it's still better than Cliff's Notes. <laughs> That's exactly right. It's at least sentences all strung together. Right. Yeah, the Reader's Digest books. You know, uh, we, we had them in my house, but I, I never read them because yeah. I... You, know, you wanted to read the whole thing. Well, they were big books. Oh. <laughs> you know, I was scared of that. I Honestly, I know I knew how to read before fourth grade, Ginger, but I swear I don't remember reading until fourth grade. And then some my teacher must have bought the books for me because they did the scholastic oh, books. Oh, I and, and I never even filled them in. Y'all, we were poor. And I yeah. didn't even, there wasn't, I, you don't go home and ask for a dollar for a book. You just didn't do that. And, uh, and, but my teacher said, well, if you did get books, what would you get? And I got one about Daniel Boone and I got one about dolphins. Oh, and, how fun. And I got them. I, I couldn't believe it. It's like Christmas. Oh. And I read them. And so I decided maybe reading was fun. And I went to the library. And the librarian, I can see her to this day, big uh, kind of beehive hair mm -hmm. and uh, glasses and a and never without her yardstick that she beat bad kids Loud with. I, I never saw her hit anything but a table, but I was terrified. <laughs> and she asked me what I like to read because I was apparently just standing in the middle of the room staring at all the books, not knowing where to start. And, uh, and she asked me what I liked, and I told her, and she led me over to uh, the biography section, mm. the little orange biographies, mm. and, uh, and pulled up a chair and sat down and leaned her yardstick against the bookshelves, and it was right by a window. It was just a perfect little heaven. spot. That's heaven. And she started pulling them out and telling me the names, and, and I'd go, well, I don't know who that is, and she'd tell me something about it. And the first one she pulled out that I went, oh, wait a minute. Was Custer's Last Stand? Oh, perfect, and, and, cowboy! And I was hooked. I read every biography in that library. After that. I mean, I was—I've I've been a reader since that point. James, 
I read all of those biographies too. Little <laughs> orange books. Yes. And they were wonderful. They were so informative and, and you could read them and understand them. And they told you all, all kinds of stuff about these fame. Booker T. Washington was one of my favorites. That was just fascinating yes. to me. And so years later, when I was teaching and subbing in different schools, I'd go to the libraries and look for those books. I wanted to read them again. I found out later that they're still there. They just have different covers. They're not orange anymore. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> They've updated a kinda, little bit. Kind of bummed me out. But that scholastic book thing, that's the reason to become a teacher. Yeah. Because if your kids order a certain number, you get free books. Oh, you know what? <laughs> let me say about that. Uh, we have a lot of friends who are teachers. And uh, many of them have an Amazon wish list. Oh. And you can go on Amazon and find their name. And, and you know, several of them are like, please buy a book for my class if you feel, you know, because they keep little libraries in their book, right. in their room, so that the kids will read because that's kind of a big deal. Right. Re- that's such a great idea. So if you're a teacher and you don't have one of those, right. you, that's a great, because people, we're on Amazon anyway, right? And and maybe we'd be interesting to send something to somebody else's house instead of our own. <laughs> oh, uh- I could go on forever about that, but my my friend Taylor Cox is a new teacher this year, and she is that kind of teacher who would do that. Yeah, she probably already has one, but I'm going to check. Morgan Ford has one, so perfect. So you can send books to you can send books to your favorite teachers, and if you're you know and teachers, if you're listening, there are a lot of readers out there that would love to find out other kids were because like your mom. She knew you were in there with a flashlight teacher. She just didn't care because you were reading. And I was being quiet. (laughs) Yeah, for a change, right? Well, with my kids, I didn't care what they read. Just read. Somebody would say, okay, your son's reading this book. Are you okay with that? He's reading. I don't care what it is. It doesn't matter to me. Read something. It just changes things. For years, I taught reading. And I can remember my first reading class when I was teaching. It was in Chapel Hill. We were way out in the country. And it was just a whole different demographic from what I'd been used to. So I did a little reading inventory. Okay, what reading material are you exposed to? Do you have access to? No newspapers, no magazines, nothing. And I thought, how can a family survive without something to read? And so, of course, I started... Gathering up stuff. Yep. Yep. That's fun. Okay, so if you were going to talk to kids about reading today, which we are, because there are kids that listen to this. Mm -hmm. Hi, guys. Uh, What's your favorite children's book? I mean, you may have, it may be Nancy Drew. I don't know. That may have been your favorite. Truly, the Little House books were first. Little House first. on the Prairie, Little House in the Big Woods, mm-hmm. and then and that whole the whole family saga all the way through her getting married. That's, um, what was her name? Laura Ingalls Wilder. Laura Ingalls Wilder. Well, if you're looking she for... married Alfonso Wilders, but she was well, Laura Ingalls before okay. that. Right. My the... friend, <laughs> <laughs> Pers- close personal friend. You know, that's reading. You 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 develop. Your friendship with these people, you, you feel like you know them, and they're they're people that you hang out with, and you had adventures together. And that's why I was so sad when I finished all of those the Zion Chronicles and the Zion. There are like four different um, series in the whole series, and and I was sad. I wanted to know how she was and and how they all were, and and I do tend to get wrapped. Well, it's like anything you spend time with. When I was in radio. Um, Troy, Bobby, Bell, and I were pregnant, and we actually talked about it on the air, 
we were so excited. And the listeners, they're so invested in you. Uh-huh. Years later, someone came up to me and asked me how our baby was. Of course, we had had a miscarriage, right. but still, that was a part of that person's life. Yeah. And, and reading is that way. They it just is. become your friends. Yeah. You know things about them and you know things because of them. Right. You know, I've got a friend that says you're going to be the same person you are today five years from now with the exception of the people you meet and the books that you read. There you go. So if you don't like who you are now, pick up a book. Oh, I need to meet that friend. That's a wise person. You've got wise people. Maybe that's why you're so wise. Well, you know, smart people need dumb friends. I try and fill that role whenever I can. So one of my favorite books, like I said, I stole all the books that I read from my sisters, but I found this neat little thing called The Happy Hollisters. And I don't even know if they're still in print. I don't know if you can still find them. And I'm sorry, I don't know the author. I should look that up. The Happy Hollisters was written by Jerry West. But it was this family that traveled everywhere in a big station wagon and the children had adventures. And they Ooh, were like, how fun. Oh, it was the best. Because we moved a lot when I was a kid. So I was really right. in tune with kids that were moving into a big new house that had mysteries to figure out, you know. And they're probably the reason that I slid down the banister <laughs> in that one house we lived in. And, and, and that's fun in the summer. But Ooh. in the winter, it had those floor registers oh. that houses used to have. Oh. And if you slide off the banister at about the size I was then, you stumble backwards until you step onto that floor register and get waffle feet. Oh, <laughs> do you still have scars? No, no, just emotional. <laughs> okay. And that's really all I have for that. It's just emotional scars. So if you were going to recommend books to kids, what would you start with? Ten years old. Let's say ten years old because I know oh. a couple of ten-year-olds that are listening. Nine, ten. My head is so full right now. <laughs> I would say go to the library uh-huh. and ask the librarian. Oh, see, that works. Be- I mean, if you still have a library in yeah. your school, so many schools don't even. Well, I understand the Bell Library is no longer really. Is that right? A library. There's some stacks You're up still, on the second floor. You are still my only friend who's had a library <laughs> named after them. That was my great goal going up. People would, I got to ask in my early 20s, what's your life's goal? I said, I want a library named after me. And then the person did something really rude. She said, what are you doing about it? Ooh. And I'm like, waiting to get rich, I guess. Yeah. And she said, well, but you know, you could donate books to a library with oh. your name. And so I went, okay, well, I'm not doing, you know, you have these big dreams. It's okay to get started working on them now. Really? And I found a site where you can mail books to soldiers and you just Google it. Mr. Google will direct you. Well, but I'll never forget the day I was told that the library would be named for me. I never in my wildest dreams, but... There was an anonymous donor took me to breakfast at McDonald's and shared that um, she was going to be giving a gift so that the library would be named. Well, of course, I burst into tears in the middle of McDonald's. She had no idea what books meant to me. The board at the school didn't know what books meant to me. God knew what books meant to me. What a gift. Oh, my gosh. God likes you best. Well, sometimes I think that, and then sometimes I think, hello, are you up? Do you remember I'm down here needing you? He does. He is always close by, isn't he? So another question is, what's the most impactful book? For me, and this one, a weird thing to say, but it's Robinson Crusoe. Now, I read Robinson Crusoe in school. Okay. And and then in high school, I found Robinson Crusoe in the high school library, but it was big. Because the one I'd read... Another one of those big books. Yeah. In elementary school, well, by then I wanted bigger books. Right. You know, I'd, I'd figured out reading. But but in, in my elementary school, Robinson Crusoe was small, and it was a children's adventure story. Mm-hmm. And so I couldn't figure out why this book was so big. 
because that's I've read it. It's not that big, so I started flipping through it. Y'all, Robinson Crusoe, the original that Daniel Defoe wrote, it's man, it's like Pilgrim's Progress. If you've ever read that, I mean, it's it's a it's a religious book. It really is. And 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 this guy Robinson Crusoe is shipwrecked, and it tells all about how he got there. But it was a, a religious transformation for him. And he spends all his time on this island. He desperately needed something to eat and found grapes. Mm. And and he fell on his knees and thanked God for the grapes. I mean, it's just, it's an I amazing... I don't remember that part. No, it's it's just remarkable. And the big, you know, with the old English words and mm-hmm. everything, uh, I read it every couple of years. I read it again because it's just, it's transformational. It's just really, it's an amazing spiritual adventure story. Oh, I'm going to have to read that. <laughs> Large print now. Yes. But I'm going to have to read that. That will be a book with wheels. It is, you know what? You can listen to it, too. I don't know if you do Audible. Oh, it's so hard. And, and even the Kindle thing. I am such an old-fashioned yeah. kind of girl. I need to smell that book yeah. and turn those pages. Well, it's like I have the U version of the Bible on my phone okay. so I can look stuff up. Right. But I have to think about what it is. In my Bible that I've been carrying since '87, oh, I know where it is. Right. I don't. I don't even have to think about it. Look for it. I just. I turn left. You know your your muscle memory. You remember. Mm-hmm. Okay, I know there's coffee stain on that page, so I can find it that way. You know. <laughs> so and I and I do that with books too because I like actually getting my hands on recipes. I, I I tend to find there's chocolate on Mother's chocolate cake recipe. Oh, uh, that's proof. It's easy it? to spot. That's right. <laughs> and that's reading. Yeah. Recipes well, are is. reading, guys. Oh, no question. Hey, one of my granddaughters. She was like my granddaughter. She didn't want to read. I don't know why, because her big brother's the perfect reader, and she just didn't want to compete or something. Mm-hmm. And and but grandmommy's like, do you want to you want to make cookies with me? She said, oh yeah, that'd be great. So we have to read a recipe. And she went, I do. She went, you don't have to, but we don't have to make cookies. All right, let's read. And now she's a great reader. But that was what overcame her reluctance was recipes. Well, and another secret about reading, it helps you become a better speller. That's true. As I was going through school and I realized I know how to spell that word. Well, years later, it dawned on me. It's because I'd read so many words okay, so that were spelled correctly. Now, listen, that can go the other way because, you know, when we were young, all of the uh, all of the children's stories mm-hmm. were from England. You know, oh. America, America wasn't really writing stories yet. That mm-hmm. we, and so a lot of what my bride grew up reading, you know, three at three, she was reading books. <laughs> but then she got to school and they're like, you spelled this wrong. And she's like, no, C-O-L-O-U-R, color. That's how you spell it. And they're like, no, it's C-O-L-O-R. And she's like, no. And, you know, because the English like throwing extra right. U's in words. And, and that's what she'd grown up reading. And so she's like, that's a conflict in your mind. So, <laughs> so the message in that is... Um, choose selectively which words you remember how to spell. Well, yeah, and 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 ask your teacher because teachers your teacher. <laughs> teachers have requirements, and you kind of have to pass their test. So you got to talk to them about that. So, what book was most impactful for you? I, I'm going to say, um, thinking back, because James and I do talk about some of this before we actually talk to you. You can't tell though, can you? Well, no, not at all. But. I, I looked at that and I thought, what has been, other than the Bible, of course, the book Jesus Calling. Jesus it's Calling. a devotional that I think maybe my friend Heather gave me my first copy and then Miss Fritcher gave me one when I moved out of one of my positions at school. And it was so encouraging. It's the leather-bound version mm. and it has the little bookmark string in it and she wrote in it. And 
it's a, a devotion book that I swear was written just for me and my kids because I'd have students come into my office just torn up about this or that and and I wouldn't have the right words. I wouldn't know exactly how to comfort and so I'd say, well, let's just look and see what scripture says about it. So we would turn to that day in the devotion book and it would have exactly what they needed. Text and scripture. Huh, that's and great. it's and wonderful. Jesus Calling. Jesus Calling. And Jesus Calling, it's written by Sarah Young. And and there's also a Jesus Calling for Kids. I've actually given that to uh, niece and nephew. Oh, that's a good Christmas gift. It's just, hey. Oh, and we're getting close, aren't we? Yeah, we are. Good idea. They, they're talking about, you know, oh, there's going to be a shortage of this and that, so there'll be no Christmas. There's plenty of Jesus, y'all. That's we, right. <laughs> he, he doesn't come over here on a, on a container ship. Jesus is here. We can have Christmas whether we have anything in our stockings or not. And if we need it badly enough, we can go down to the port and get it off the ship yeah. ourselves. <laughs> I am not volunteering to work on the port, Jim. No, me either. That's on you. <laughs> but wouldn't it be fun for me at my age? To work a crane would be a hoot, wouldn't it? Troy was, always wanted to do those. Yeah, sorry, she's learning. I'm surprised. Troy liked to work equipment. I I love the story about him hot wiring the uh, backhoe and driving oh, yes. up down the street when he was what nine I or something. I can't believe you remember that. Oh, oh he was gr- so proud of it. No, that. that's a great story. We'll have to tell that on the podcast. His someday. daddy wasn't really happy. <laughs> no, he was thrilled. Yes, yes, I can see that. Well, he drove off on my lawnmower once. That's too, right. It's so, so a lot of good stories there. <laughs> Okay, so I know you give different books for different situations, and I know a lot of senior moms, including my bride, got a special book from you at graduation one year. We would actually, um, Ms. Tucker, our counselor, um, suggested this because the book had meant so much to her, and we have an event, or I'm assuming it's still going on, called Senior Moments, as in moments, and the kids would write a note to their moms to be opened after they're gone to college and we would give them these books and then the moms would bring the sweet treat that was their child's favorite and just a real special time of reflection and the book is called love you forever and you may have heard of this robert munch is the author the theme of the book is um i'll love you forever i'll like you for always as long as i'm living my baby you'll be And it's basically a mom going through her son's life. And at each phase of the life, the mom, it's kind of creepy. She even (laughs) crawls through the window at one point and and rocks them. I can see a mom doing that. Yes, yes. Just checking on them. And then it wraps up with a a sweet little twist. You need to read it yourselves. But it's just the and the the, um, illustrations are beautiful. It's a very sweet, tender book. Guaranteed to make moms of seniors cry. Yes. Pretty much guaranteed. (laughs) That evening, we also provided tissue for each of the moms. Yes. I got to be at one of them because we hosted it here and I was the photographer. So I got to hang around the edges. You got to see and feel. It's powerful stuff. It is. You you know, and using books to mark moments is a good thing. You know, uh, my uh, in-laws, when we got married, gave me a Bible. And that's the one I'm, I've been wearing it out for a long time now. And that's that's still the one. That's my go-to, you know. And, and it's because they gave it to me. And something else about giving books is presents. Always right in the front. Always. Always inscribe them somehow <laughs> with something. It, it just it matters years later when you pick up a book and go, oh, that's from Ginger. That's from James. It just makes a difference. I'll tell you a little secret. Um my niece in love, she's by love, not blood, 
had a precious baby and we had a first birthday party. And so my sister Gayla went to that new Ollie's store and they have books and they're like so inexpensive. Well, I'm at home and Gayla's at the store and she's texting back and forth. And I had to tell her to walk away because <laughs> she had bought so many books. The child's one. Precious, You're not reading that's right. You don't have to buy all the books. That's what I want. She said, now this says for three to five year olds. Gayla, it's okay because. You can leave a book there. Yeah. Or you can bring and it. they can read it themselves when they're. So um, she got them home and we're getting them ready to take to the, sh- the birthday party. And I like to write in them too when I remember. And so we had had to find pages on these little children's books that had a blank space large enough for us to write our names in happy birthday in the year. That's great. So sometimes it's difficult, but you can still do it. <laughs> okay, and my notes I wrote guilty pleasures. But, you know, maybe that's, you know, maybe we shouldn't go there. I don't know. <laughs> and maybe I need to define what I mean by guilty pleasures. <laughs> yeah, it depends on what phase of life you're okay. in. Okay, all right. For me, there's, a, there's an author named Dan Parkinson who writes Westerns. Oh, okay. Like Louis L'Amour, but they're funny. Okay. Oh my gosh, they're so funny. There's one called The Westering, and it's about this guy that ends up going west with a wagon train. And it's just, you know, it's one of those, if anything can go wrong, it will. Yes. And he's constantly having to solve all these problems, but it's just funny the way he solves them. There's another one called uh, Thunderland, and it's this, you know, Texas back in the 1830s before it was a state it was still part of Mexico and uh, this guy's on a ship and it there's a shipwreck and he gets thrown overboard with this girl so there's oh, a love interest okay. yeah. and so they're stranded on the coast of Texas after a storm and have to get back to where there's a village or whatever and it's just and it's funny it doesn't sound funny but this guy's just and so you know if i have to be somewhere I'm going to the hospital for a test for some. I'm driving somebody to the hospital for a test, and I'm taking a Dan Parkinson book because I will sit in the lobby and read that and laugh about it. I've read them a bunch, but and they just make me laugh every time. When you're reading and you laugh, it draws other people yes. in because they want to know what's so funny, and then it brightens their day too. Yeah, yeah so that's right. That's if good. you can explain it, yeah, because you know, sometimes <laughs> you have to read the look. I, you know, I think one of the reasons I like the Dan Parkinson books is because he knows horses and cows and right snaffle bits and you know spurs and rowels and what all that is and so but sometimes you find yourself as a cowboy going okay we're gonna have to talk a long time for you to come around to this and 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 with some people you have to convince them you're not mean to animals before you can even talk about riding them and so and they may not really want to know they may not yeah it's just a funny book you You have to be there that's what you say you just have to be there so do you have anything like that that you read just for fun no, I don't anymore. I had eye surgery, cornea transplant. Um, oh, that's a whole other show. Yeah. And so I have not been able to read as much oh. as I used to. Okay. But I still haven't resorted to audiobooks. Okay, still hadn't gone there. No, so, okay, maybe so I should. One of my sons listens to audiobooks, and I found that out because I didn't know he was doing any of that. And I listened to some, and I told him about a book called Fata Morgana. And it's uh, it's World War Two. These guys are in a bomber flying mm-hmm. over, you know, Germany, and then and then they fly out into they, they they time travel is what they do, and they end up going into the future in this bomber, and they're like, how do we get home? And anyway, it's a great it's it's going to be a great movie if somebody ever gets right. around it. So I told him I said, look, you might like it. I don't know, it's weird. If you like weird, maybe you'll like it. And so I sent it to him. He's like, that's the best book I've ever. Oh, that's to. So, so cool. You find these uh, little nuggets sometimes, and I found that on Audible, just flipping through and went, oh, well, we'll try that. That's I like time cool. travel books. We'll try that one. 
Some of them are good. Some of them are not. (laughs) (laughs) Be selective. That's what you're saying. Be selective. Always a good idea. You know, and talking to other people that read a lot of books is how you find good books. True. You know, and I love series. Like you, you oh. said there were 11 in that series, the Zion, and you, you want 12. You, you want do. 13. You do. Just one more. I read a lot of those, too. Books. They make me happy. Mm, me, too. I'm surrounded by books. Um, Gail and I have been working on sorting through things that I have taken home that were in my office and I always had books there and then I already had books at home and then I have mother's books that moved to my house too. So I've got a lot of books and I've been thinking I need to read some of these books. So I got to get my eyes fixed first. Yeah. I read something the other day, I read, I was reading a book mm-hmm. uh, and, and it was a quote of somebody else that said the value in a library is the books you haven't read yet. Ooh. And I, I thought about that. I went, wait, wait, there's a lot of value in the books I've read, but I know them. The so value is in the more... things you don't know, and that's in the books you haven't read yet. So it made me happy that I have a shelf of unread books. Because <laughs> do, do you have one that's of those? very, I, va- oh, do I yeah, have one? I have a stack of books I haven't gotten to yet, so I'm going to get to that soon. I, I found some books I'd completely forgotten about when I was looking at, I was looking for a Nancy Drew book, and it was one of the ones before they were yellow. Okay. Because it was old. And I was looking for my little house books. So I wanted to bring them today and maybe read a part of Ooh, them or whatever. Fun, yeah. But then I found all these other books that came tumbling down on my head. And I thought, well, <laughs> I haven't read that one. I, haven't <laughs> I didn't know I had that one. Yeah. So That's where the value is. There it is. So you got a valuable library. Yep. <laughs> well, uh, I've enjoyed talking about books. I hope you have. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'd love for you to tell us what your favorite books are because we're both still looking for new authors all the time or old authors mm-hmm. you know that, to rem- remind us of what we loved yeah uh-huh. yeah that would be good stuff too uh you can find either one of us on facebook of course if you've got our phone numbers text us that would be fine call us annoy us emails uh i'm on uh i'm on facebook as james chambliss you're welcome to follow me there or send me a friend request and uh and then also there's an old hat podcast on facebook so you can find it there and leave us a note that would be great uh I'm, my email is james at chambliss.net gosh that's hard everybody else has it you <laughs> might as well have it too folks um and my phone number hasn't changed in a long time either maybe i can give you that too if you send me an email and i reply you'll have my phone number because it'll be on there so but tell us what books you like we always like reading new things and maybe we'll do because y'all we have a long list we both got notes here going oh we didn't talk about this book or that book mm-hmm. we could do that for hours we could do book reviews i we, guess oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to start a new kind of podcast where I just read the classics and because you don't have time to read. And if you want to listen to it, it won't be this podcast, but it'll be a separate podcast. Oh, I that. want to read on that one. Yeah. Oh, you're, you'd be great at that. That would be awesome. <laughs> Let me just invite myself to well, your and podcast. <laughs> and there are some books that Lisa says, James, it really needs to be a woman reading that. Because I think Pride and Prejudice is something everybody ought to read, mm-hmm. especially boys. Right. And boys are like, that's a girl's book. Why would I read that? Because someday you're going to fall in love with a smart girl and she's going to think she is Eliza Bennett. You need to read this book so you can understand her better. <laughs> That's such good advice. Oh, books are powerful, y'all. You can learn a lot there. We'll talk more about that, obviously, because we both had too much fun, but we're out of time for today. So thank you for coming and listening. I hope you're reading books. I hope you heard of a book you hadn't read that now you're interested in reading. And I just really, truly believe that the best is yet to come.